Welcome to episode 92 of the Juice Box Podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Omnipod, the world's only tubeless insulin pump, and we have a new sponsor. If I had the sound of a, like a, I don't know, what would you do here? Like play a, like, what is this called when you do this? I can't think of it. Timphony? Right? Before you make a big announcement? <clears throat> Let me get my voice clear for this. Our new sponsor is Dexcom, makers of the G5 Continuous Glucose Monitor. In this episode, we're going to talk to Mindy. Uh, Mindy has two children with type 1 diabetes. They were both diagnosed uh, fairly close together. Uh, Her husband also has a couple of medical issues. And so I joked with her in the very beginning that her life is a tornado, which is why this episode is called Tornado and One Long Story About an Adele Concert. The Adele part you'll find out later. I've got you. All right, so we're recording. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Great. Let's start off by saying, Mindy, that I feel like we're going to call your episode like Tornado or something like that. Because, (laughs) and I want to try to start on it, and I'm assuming you wouldn't have reached out if you don't have a fairly good sense of humor about this. I do. Uh, Your your life is a, 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 it might be a disaster. You may. We're always living in chaos, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but you're really good to do this, so thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me on. No, I appreciate you being interested. And, you know, there's always some aspect of the diabetes that I haven't covered, and sometimes I just can't think of them all. You know, so uh, it's great when people reach out and they're like, you know, have you thought about this? So, okay, so you introduce yourself just briefly and then I'll ask you some questions and we'll we'll head down some road and see where it goes. Okay. Um, I'm Mindy Patterson. I have two children with type one. My youngest was diagnosed when he was eight years old. Uh, he was in severe DKA and uh, that was in 2013. And then my oldest, who is now almost 16 years old, was diagnosed a year and a half ago. Okay, so three years ago, in 2013, the eight-year-old's diagnosed. A, yes. year, a year and a half later, your... Teenager was diagnosed. Your teenager was diagnosed. Yes. Do you have type 1? I do not. Okay. Do you have, uh, nobody in the family has type 1. No one has type 1. How about autoimmune issues or endocrine stuff? We have a lot of autoimmune issues. Um, my husband, he, he has vitiligo and psoriasis, and he's actually disabled. So he has quite a few issues. <laughs> Vitiligo, that's um, the, like, the skin pigment. Right, right. Michael, they said Michael Jackson had that, right? Right. Okay. Um, okay, so then we understand what that is. And is that late onset stuff in his life, or did he have um, those issues when you met him? He had some issues when I met him. He had the vitiligo at that time. Uh, everything else just sort of developed. Today's our, our 19th anniversary. So. Oh, congratulations. But, Thank you. We've been together for quite a while and gone through quite a bit. Uh, I just celebrated my 20th anniversary. And oh, congratulations. Thank, thank it's, you. It's quite a feat when you get to that point. It really is. I hear your. De- well, I hear one of your Dexcom alarms. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be my youngest. He's been high all night. He's got a cold going on. Gotcha. Um, yeah, 20 years is a... Uh, I just... I, my wife and I looked at each other. I was like, huh? And she's like, yeah, right? And I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah. I got you a card. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, I said, I wrote something nice in it. And she goes, thank you. And then she read it. And I went upstairs and moved the laundry. And I came back downstairs. And she never mentioned it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty much when you get past that 10-year mark, you start to sort of, well, here we are. <laughs> yeah, here we are. <laughs> Both locked in the same cell. Um, so, okay, so you, so, all right, so you're fairly new to diabetes in your personal life. I mean, three years is not a grand amount of time. No, not at all. So describe, because you're, there's illness in your life already, when when your first son's diagnosed, is it, does it knock you over or did you just go, oh, that figures? Um, it was kind of a combination of both. Uh, we were definitely blown away. He was um, he was in the the PICU, the ICU, for um, three days, and then moved down to the the diabetes floor for another couple days. Um, it was right after Christmas. Uh, I I we had homeschooled both of our boys for quite a long time, and my oldest had just started uh, brick and mortar school at a a um, 
a STEM school that he was very excited about, but it was our first foray into having him leaving the house. And so I was able to sort of rationalize the, you know, my youngest had always been a bedwetter. Well, he was wetting a little bit more, but I felt like eh, he's a little anxious with his brother being away. You know, there was more irritability. I was able to say, again, it's because his brother's not around. Um, so I rationalized a lot of what I seeing and I wasn't really, I knew something was up, but I, I was thinking it was more emotional. Mm -hmm. um, I had a friend whose child was just diagnosed with Asperger's. So I was thinking, well, maybe that's kind of the direction we're leaning into, <laughs> you know, just like, why, why not? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, and, you know, Christmas happened and then um, we had been at a friend's and I thought they had, um, well, they did, they had strep and I thought maybe my son had picked that up because he he seemed pretty ill. Right. It all makes sense. Like you can yeah. find a way. It, it really is true. You can rationalize almost anything. Oh yeah. We, we were, it was, <laughs> it was crazy because Friday, um, right after Christmas, my husband took him to the pediatrician and the pediatrician, you know, they, they didn't do the rapid culture. They did the 24 hour culture, but said, yeah, it's probably strep and, um, sent him home with moxicillin. And that night, you know, he started throwing up all night, which was very unusual. He was not a child to throw up. Right. right. <laughs> um, I thought he was dehydrated. So I took him into children's early, early in the morning on um, a Saturday. And they said, well, it's not strep, but there's a stomach bug going around. So it's probably that. Um, gave him some Zofran and sent him home. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was just a we're gonna kill your son if we if it kills yeah, us <laughs> it was a, it was a cascade right 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 like a domino effect um so that know. had to have get him he had to have been a dka at that point right for the vomiting oh absolutely yeah. um when i think back on it and i look at the pictures and i think about what was going on he was already there um we we just i hate to say it we got lucky uh you know, the, that Saturday after I brought him home, we were on the phone with the ER numerous times going, okay, he's still throwing up, even though we've given Zofran, and they kept saying, oh, it's fine. You know, keep giving him Pedialyte, keep giving him some saltine crackers. And, you know, I was pushing all of those things. Right. Um, and then it, we'd been up over 24 hours. And so, you know, around 9.30 or so, he, what I thought, fell asleep. <laughs> Um, in my arms, because I'd been holding him, and he had just gotten progressively worse over the day. And I fell asleep. I was tired, too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but I woke up because his breathing had, um, it was like he had run a marathon without running a marathon. It was, it was hard to describe. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm taking him into the ER right now. My husband said, well, let me call him. And he did. And they said, well, give it 10 minutes, see if it stops. I'm like, 10 minutes, I'll be there. If it stops, I'll bring him home. Yeah, yeah. if, it's, if it <laughs> yeah. stops, I'll turn around. It, yeah. yeah, Arden was panting when we figured it out in her sleep, too. Yeah. Uh, I don't think her, 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 um, her blood sugar probably wasn't as high as your son's. As you're going to tell me your son's was, but it, it, was, it was. Yeah, it was over 800. Uh, it was, um, and it was so crazy because, you know, at the point that I'm taking him in, I had to carry him. Couldn't walk. He was, um, he was not awake. Um, you know, when I got there, they immediately rushed him back to the trauma room. And I mean, it was, it was less than 10 minutes before they were pulling me out to the hallway to say, um, your son has type one diabetes, <laughs> you oh, know? <laughs> thanks. Can you find the lady on the phone who told me just not to come? I'd like yeah. to punch her in the mouth if you don't mind. Yeah. Wow. That's really something. Yeah. I, I would say that when I look back at a photo of Arden from six hours before she was diagnosed, any rational person would have looked at this photo and said, hey, that kid's dying. You should take it to a hospital. Oh, absolutely. And, and But at the moment, we were like, oh, this happened, and it could be this. And, you know, you just sort of do that, you know, because it yeah. makes sense, by the way. Yeah, well, you know, he was sick. Mm -hmm. He definitely had a cold going on. Right. Um, it wasn't strep, and it wasn't a stomach bug, but he definitely still had a cold because even after diagnosis and even after being at the hospital when he was released, he still, we had to do a, an inhaler for his uh, lungs because he had a cold going on, a virus of some sort. Um, well, plus, Mindy, it's not, it's, not, you know, it's not human nature to live life expecting that every time something aches that it's cancer. You, yeah, you, you exactly. Know, you're, not, you're not supposed <laughs> to live like that. You know, you know, hey, my elbow's stiff. I better go to the hospital. I think my arm's about to fall off. Like, you, no one thinks that way. Right, right. And I'm, I'm a researcher at heart um, with my husband's 
all of his issues. And then I had endometriosis before I had children. So let's just say, of course you did. Go ahead. You, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of medical things that had gone on in our life. So I, I wasn't, um, wasn't immune to being able to look things up and see what was going on. Right. But with this, I didn't, I, I had no clue until I was in the PICU and then I was doing my research. <laughs> it's a little late. So. I, I say, if you have a dog, it's probably developing glaucoma right now is what I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> You, yeah, hit, hit problems too, right? Yeah, you, you, you guys are like the lottery winners of like bad luck. So, um, but still, you're making it work, right? And life is going on, and things are. I mean, because okay, so you get that. Let's go backwards to go forward. So you you get that diagnosis with your youngest son. How does the first year or so go? Um, trial and error. Yeah, sure. <laughs> A lot of it. Um, my little guy is very particular. He does not like um you know, tags in his shirts or seams on his socks. So having any kind of a device put on him, he was absolutely opposed to. Um, he didn't mind the needles. He told me he's going to do needles forever. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, uh, Mom, I got this needle thing. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. like, I'm good with it. Um, you know, in the hospital, he told me he wasn't even going to do his own blood sugar checks or, uh, or shots until he was like 18 or 20. He's planning on hiring a guy, was he? Or <laughs> Yeah, he, yeah, I mean, that went away pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and he was, he adjusted a lot easier than we did. Okay. I'll, I'll just, you know, he was, he went right with the flow. He, he was really funny too, because it was sort of, after he was diagnosed, um, we had no more bedwetting issues. <laughs> Which, when I think about it, I'm like, he'd always been a bedwetter. And uh, it took diagnosis for us to go, huh, well, um, now he doesn't wet the bed anymore. Do you think that just gave him something more bigger to worry about or I guess. yeah, yeah. I, I think it was um he even said he's like look mom no more uh bedwetting i'm like yes your, your son didn't he, he had to he didn't all he had was like first world problems he needed a real problem to like really he's like you know what? i don't have time to worry about this other junk anymore uh it, it's that is very interesting how it changed his mind yeah it, it did know. yeah and um we we dive, we dove right into JDRF. Um, I had somebody tell me. I mean, it was within the first couple months that we were putting together our our walk team and uh, and talking to them and and they said, you know, it's unusual. You you haven't even been at this for a year and you're already. And I'm like, yeah, well, my nature is to do research and figure out where the best place to plug in is. And mm -hmm. this is something I can't completely fix, um, but I can do my part. Arden was diagnosed in the latter stages of August, and we did our first walk in October. So, mm -hmm. to like two months later, just because same idea, like you're just look, looking for a way to be helpful or to do something, and you know, yeah, what, what I, do you, I what needed purpose. With yeah, it. Right. I, I definitely needed something um, to take me outside of it to realize it's not just not just my little family. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, it's such a listen. I I want to tell you that. It was such a helpful thing to go to that first walk and just to see oh. countless hundreds of people moving along. And, you're, and in your mind, you think every one of these people either has type 1 diabetes or really cares about somebody who has type 1 diabetes. And look at them all. They're smiling and they're laughing and they're walking through the park and mm -hmm. they're fine. And when we stopped along the side of the path to inject insulin or, you know, because, oh, yeah. you know, because in that first year you're like soft pretzels. I don't understand why, <laughs> you know, you know, and so, and you know, you're injecting insulin and no one looks at you like even sideways. They're not even, they don't wonder, they don't worry. And you think, wow, this is, this is good. And, and then we go back after that because so, sort of in my heart, like I always tell Arden, I'm like, you know, like I want, I want to be like that person for somebody else. Like let's, let somebody who's newly diagnosed see us kind of carefree when walking through the park, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you can see that um, you keep going one step at a time. Um, it's, it's such a challenge, but to know that other people have been there and done that, Very uh, helpful. That, that makes a big difference. All right, so it goes along. He doesn't want. A, he doesn't want a pump. He doesn't want. He doesn't want anything like that. No, no. You're probably just kind of pulling your head out from under a fog, and then your older son's diagnosed. Is that about right? Here comes the music. It's time for some ads. As most of you may know, my daughter Arden uses the Dexcom G5 Mobile Continuous Glucose Monitoring System that tracks her glucose levels throughout the day and night, notifying her of highs and lows so she can take action. But that's not all it does. 
Dexcom also has a share feature, so Arden can have up to five loved ones, like her mom and I, track her numbers in real time. No matter where Arden is or what she's doing, she always has backup. Now, if that kind of peace of mind seems like something that you'd like to know more about, I think you should go to www.dexcom.com forward slash juice box or click on the link in your show notes. Hey, keep in mind, CGM-based treatment requires finger sticks for calibration, may result in hypoglycemia if calibration is not performed or symptoms expectations do not match CGM readings. Contact Dexcom toll-free at 877-339-2664 for detailed indications for use and safety information. You know, I was thinking while I was editing this episode together about how Mindy's one son has a needle phobia. And Omnipod really is your best choice for an insulin pump if you have a problem with needles. Because the needle that is used to insert the cannula is not visible. It's never visible. Uh, Most insulin pumps, actually all of them except for Omnipod, come with, you know... a thing. It's a thing. You stick it to yourself and there's a needle in it. You can kind of see it. You push on this plunger and the needle goes in, takes the cannula along with it. The needle comes out, leaves the cannula behind. Everyone's infusion set works like that. Omnipod, however, has everything built right into its tiny little device and it's not visible. So you would hear the Omnipod to your skin and then you go through an automated insertion process, which is pushing buttons on the wireless PDM not you pressing on things or, you know, shoving things with your hand or pinching or like none of that. It's all just click a button and it happens automatically. The needle pops in and pops out instantly, leaving the cannula behind and you are now delivering insulin tubelessly. You know, so I, you know, don't really talk about that aspect of it very often, but I thought, you know, if you're coming from a different insulin pump, you might not recognize that as a benefit. And if you're a person who's thinking about these things, maybe moving to an insulin pump from MDI or, you know, a person who has a a needle phobia and using MDI, this is a really good way to get away from that, uh, that issue. So, you know, if you want to learn more, go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box, or click on the links in your show notes. And Omnipod would be happy to send you a free, no obligation demo pod. It's a non-working pod, but you can still adhere it to your skin to figure out, you know, if it's something that you like. And it's completely free and takes about two minutes to get. So go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box and get started now. And no more needles, at least not ones you can see. Yeah, we we made it through uh, Thanksgiving, which was, you know... (laughs) kind of a major holiday here at my house. My kids love carbs, you know, pumpkin pie, mashed potatoes, um, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, sure, please. Yeah, and, and it was a challenge because we had, you know, we're doing shots and we're still pretty new at it and uh, we didn't quite get it right. <laughs> it was definitely, we, we were a little late on the dosing and he, he did not feel well after, you know, carbing up. Right, right, no. So, do you do um, it differently now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. We, we break things down and... uh we pre-bolus a certain amount and then a certain amount afterwards, um, kind of doing an extended bolus with shots, I guess, how you would look at it. And he's still, because he is MDI still, he's sticking to what he said? Sort of. Um, in December, <laughs> you know, we'd, we'd been diagnosed a year. Um, in December, my teenager, and he'd kill me, but he showed some symptoms. I'm not going to say exactly what symptoms because Mm -hmm. the 14-year-old doesn't want to have that put out there. Let's just say he looked extra handsome and you He looked extra handsome. Right, 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 right. Um, You know, the whole year I had also been doing the, you know, you're acting a little funny. I'm going to check your blood sugar. Um, And he's very needle phobic, um, which I am as well. I have to say, Mindy, (laughs) I don't think anyone's not needle phobic. You you know, like... (laughs) Oh, I I mean... Yeah, he but has, some people have extra, right? Yeah, he yeah. has a reaction like I do. When I would first give Martin um, his shots, uh, I, I'd have to go lay down on the couch because I'd get all cold and clammy. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Mart- Martin would go, Mom, it's fine. Guess what? It's okay. It doesn't hurt. You weren't fine, though. My, you know? When we got, we, uh, we got married in Pennsylvania a very long time ago, and you had to do a blood test to get a marriage license. And, you know, I, I knew my girlfriend. I didn't know her, I guess, as well as I thought I did. And we get into the, the room and I do it. And then the doctor turns to her and she, 
it quite literally like goes behind the table and hides in the corner of the room. And I was like, where are you going exactly? You know, and oh, uh-huh. <laughs> she's better now too, by the way, but uh, yeah, some people don't like it. So yeah. And yeah. so, you know, December rolls around and Pierce, my oldest, um, he showed some extra symptoms. Um, and one morning it was one of those things of like, yeah, fasting blood sugar was uh, over 150. And for me, that was like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I've been told by an, an endo, they think 140 pretty much is a good, is a pretty good indication at, mm-hmm. at a fasting. So yeah. So so we called Martin's endo, and you know Pierce is not a patient, but they said sure, bring him in. We'll run the test. We'll just make sure, and um, and they did. Um, everything looked fine. Everything was normal. But at this point, my gut instinct is saying I need to watch a little bit more. So. Fast forward to February, and he has a week where they say it's strep throat, a week where they say it's a stomach bug, and wakes up one morning and has the same symptom he'd had in December, which, again, he's you know right. a, a teenager who doesn't do that. And I, uh, I, I did the mom thing of like, you know what, let's just get up and go to school. And he looked at me kind of like, are you serious? And I said, mm, okay, I'll go get the meter. And I tested him and his blood sugar was over 314. Um, and for me, that was like, yep, I went downstairs. He was still up here and I cried. <laughs> Mommy's just going to go get something out of the cobby right back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, I called our endo, but since they'd seen him in December and he wasn't actually a patient, we needed a referral to get him in to actually have the diagnosis made. Um, so the, the pediatrician that we had taken Martin to, who had missed his diagnosis and we were still with them, I called them. And, uh, you know, in December, we had taken Pearson after the, the higher blood sugar. They wanted us to take him in and just have a follow-up with the pediatrician. And she told me I was overreacting. That's nice. Um, yeah, which was <laughs> was one of those like, okay, well, there's two strikes. Um, and this was the third one because I called in and said, okay, he has very high blood sugar. Um, the endo says they need a referral. So he needs to come in and see you right now. And we'd never had a problem seeing him, you know, within hours. And for some reason this time they told me, well, it won't be until tomorrow. <laughs> You're like, well, I, I, I said, I'll send the address of where you can send all of our files when I yeah, find a new pediatrician. Yep, that was our last appointment with them. I um, I then you know was online because of course I'm part of all of those diabetes online communities. Already going yeah. okay, what do I do here? <laughs> and they said, well, you can take him into the ER. Well, he's not he's not at a point that I want to take him. He doesn't like hospitals. He doesn't like needles. He's a teenager. <laughs> trying <laughs> you know? not to go through the ER if you could. Right. <clears throat> yeah, trying not to go through the ER. So I called my doctor my husband's doctor and my doctor. And she said, yeah, bring him in. And so we took him in there and, and she ran the test and gave us the referral. That's all you needed is yeah. just, yeah, for that your insurance. Right. Yeah. So, um, we came home and, uh, you know, the endo at this point says, okay, you know, call in numbers after he eats and, uh, we'll see what we need to do. Thinking we don't even have to do any insulin yet. You know, it's still, very, very early in the diagnosis, his A1C was 7.7. You know, for for Martin, that was actually a good (laughs) A1C at the beginning. You were like, this kid's killing it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know. All right, here we go. (laughs) Um, And we ended up doing, we had to give him some shots that night, you know, without ever seeing an endo, which was kind of a, that that was a a challenge for me. Now, see, isn't that funny? Because... I get that. I get that that would be difficult to do and make that leap. But at the same time, looking back on it, you knew what you were doing, right? You didn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you didn't need a doctor to tell you how to do it. No, no, we knew. I mean, but it was just, it was just the thought of like, you know, here I am putting insulin into him. (laughs) How much am I going to use? And Yeah, yeah. you know, are we going to get this right? Um, Hopefully we get this right. (laughs) Right, right. So, and then the next day we went in and had our refresher course. And, um, and got, you know, his, uh, pen and, um, and went from there. He started talking about wanting a pump pretty early on. And, uh, but, you know, he was given the homework for it and being a teenager and knowing that this is a new diagnosis and was going to be challenging. 
I, uh, I put it in his lap. I said, once you get the homework done, we'll go forward. It's up to you. Um, yeah. he, you know. Did he do it? Um, it took him a year. <laughs> you know what? For his age, that's pretty much good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. And, uh, but he did get a, we did get a Dexcom with him within like, um, like two months. Um, he wanted that. He couldn't sleep. Was he, he couldn't sleep? <clears throat> he for, couldn't sleep. Was he nervous? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though he knew that we would check and that we had been checking with his brother and that, you know, everything would be fine. Um, he had some, some adjustment issues. And we got him into counseling right away, too. We have a, a psychologist at the Children's Hospital who has type 1. And uh, we did that with him right away. Because it was definitely, it was a lot harder adjustment for him. Than it was for my little guy. Well, at a different age, I guess, too. He's older. He has more of an understanding of the idea. He probably has heard you and your husband at some point talk about your worry about your younger son sleeping or being asleep when something, you know, when he gets low or something. He, oh, yeah. probably, he had more context. Well, sure. Well, and, you know, when after his brother was diagnosed, uh, his language arts class read a, a, a story, um, a book called, uh, I can't think what it is. Absalon or Absalon, it had a weird name to it. But in the book, it's an apocalyptic story set in the 1950s. And they're on this little island, and one of the people on the island has type 1 diabetes. And of course, she does not make it past a week because she has no insulin. So <laughs> he's like, <laughs> Great, this zombie thing's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, he's a teenage boy. So, <laughs> right, right. Just like on the TV show, I'm going to go first. That's just great. Uh, yeah. yeah, now I so I see him getting hit with all the anxiety. That makes hundred percent, you know, sense. Yeah, it was a lot more challenging. Now I did, I took him to a conference right away with JDRF, um, which was the first time I saw him smile in months after his diagnosis. Um, you know, tried to get him involved in that, and we've done walks since then. But his first walk, all of the pictures with him, he just looks so mad. <laughs> sort of pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. yeah. You know, yeah, this no, is not hey, what I wanted. Right. Listen, I still, I think we've, you know, this, you know, next month or two, we're going to go to our 10th walk mm -hmm. and no one gets excited to get up at seven o'clock in the morning and drive to a park where it's a little too chilly and go for a walk. Like, you know, it's, it's <laughs> nobody's thrilled about that. And yeah. you're doing it because you have a, uh, an incurable autoimmune disease that doesn't exactly add fun to it, you, you know, <laughs> no. it, unless you can wrap your head around what it is. Right. And at his age, you know, how would you really, you, you know? Uh, yeah. Especially being a boy, I think, too. I think so. Yeah. I, I think it was a lot. I mean, for, he had a couple blessings. One, you know, we'd already been there um, with his brother at diagnosis. You have a better and, idea. Yeah, so we had a better idea. Um, two, he was not nearly as sick as his brother was at diagnosis. You know, he hadn't even lost any weight. <laughs> I mean, we caught it super early. Right, really quickly. Um, and, and then three, he has a... He met a friend when he started school in the eighth grade at, at STEM, and um, his friend has type 1. So he had a buddy at school already who knew exactly what he was going through. And was living fine, too. And, and was living fine, yeah. So. Wow. Jeez. Are you exhausted? How do you feel? <laughs> um, I think exhaustion is just a state of being for us here. <laughs> I, I agree. L last night at, I want to say about 10 o'clock, I didn't even make an announcement. I just went upstairs and laid down. I, you know, Arden was getting ready for to go to bed. We, we're kind of, I guess we're late people around here. Oh, so she, are we. Yeah, yeah. So she's getting ready to go to bed. Uh, Kelly's watching something on television. My son's in his room doing his homework. I did some stuff upstairs. I think I did a little of laundry. And then I was like, you know what? I'm really tired. I'm, I'm going to go to sleep. And so I just laid down. And Arden's blood sugar was so good. I had it at like 96. So I had that like false comfort. I was just like, everything's yeah. going to be so great. And somehow last night, she just spent an enormous amount of time laying on the sensor. And so she just kept blocking the signal. Oh. So it gets blocked. And then I get woken up at like three in the morning and her blood sugar is like, it's like three fifty, and, and that's really not our norm at all. So it's like, okay. Sure. And you know, and I'm like, all right. So, <laughs> yeah. so like I doubled her basal for like 90 minutes and I gave her like just an obnoxious amount of insulin. And 
And I was like, all right, well, now I'm going to stay up a little bit because, and, and, and there was in my head, I was like, I've only been asleep for five hours. Like if I could have slept four more hours till seven o'clock, I really would have been okay, but okay. And so I give her the insulin. I wait an hour just to sort of get an idea. Like, was this way too much? Was it not enough? Like what, what situation are we in? And you know, an hour later I get back up, I go in her room it, you know, the signal's still lost. I'm like, I'm whispering to her, Arden, don't, please don't lay on the, can you just like roll it? But in her sleep, she goes, she goes, I'm sorry. And she flips over. I'm like, don't be sorry. You don't have to be sorry. And you know, and she, she rolls over and I test her blood sugar. And in an hour, she had not fallen very far. She was like 302. And I was just like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So more insulin. I woke her up and made her drink water, you know, and I was like, uh-huh. hey, can you drink some of this water? And I could see her through the darkness look at me like, seriously, man? I'm like, just a couple sips of this water. And so she's drinking the water, blah, blah, blah. I, now it's four, you know, it's four o'clock now. Maybe it's moving. I wait another half an hour. It's not moving. The signal's lost. I'll wait another half an hour. I don't want to test her again. It's five o'clock. And now it's 5.15. And I'm like, her blood sugar is still like 2.50. Wow. So I just get really aggressive with it and I give her a bunch more insulin and about no lie about six o'clock in the morning. I was like, all right, I think I'm comfortable going to back to sleep. And I slept for 45 minutes and, and I got, thing got back up yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I was just like, Oh my God. And so, and every time I walked back and forth through the house, I really did have to fight the urge not to feel sorry for myself because there was a couple of times I wanted to, you know, like there really was, there was a couple of times once I banged my forearm into a door and once I was just slogging along thinking this is going to kill me. Like I'm going to die earlier than I'm supposed to. Like that really is what I thought. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I just, and I was like, it's okay. And I pulled myself back together, but boy, it would be easy to like, like let it spiral you out of control, you, you know, like just to let it take you down some dark hole and just be like, this sucks and it's horrible and everything. But you know what? Here I am. I'm talking to you. I've done it. You know, I'm all good. I'll be fine. Apparently yeah. sleep, not that important. Well, you know, and it's funny because I thought that first year with Martin, um, I was sleep deprived. I, I thought. <laughs> oh no, that, that's, that's I nothing. Thought. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had the second one and it was like, Oh, I'm never sleeping again. <laughs> well, because it's, I'm assuming for you, it's not like when Martin needs you, Pierce needs you at the same time, you could do something and 25 minutes later, it could be the next kid, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there are some times when it's both at the same time, and then there are other times where it's one or the other. <laughs> so what feels luckier, both at the same time or one or the other? It depends on what is going on. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, really something. It, you know, um, I have to look at the numbers. Uh, Martin did change his mind after his brother got the Dexcom. He said, oh, you know, that's kind of cool. I like that. And he got one, although it was kind of weird because we had no problem with insurance with Pierce's, but we did with Martin's. <laughs> that's senseless. That's, yeah, well, that's really, yeah. I, I think the insurance company went, whoa, you have two? <laughs> Wait a minute. What else is in that house? You got, yeah. What are you guys going to call about next time? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that one took a little bit longer to get his. But, well, between so. your boys and your husband... They, you've got to be on some like list printed on like red paper over there. They're just like, if we could ever just get rid of these people, this would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how did they? How how did that go? Like getting the Dexcom was that a? Is it been it, helpful to you? Oh, super. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine my life without it. I, I knew, I knew before we ever got one that that was what I wanted it was to do. Be, After yeah. Martin was diagnosed, I had done my research, but he didn't want to do it. So his body, I was kind of letting him go with it. Um, Now it's sort of, (laughs) they take breaks every once in a while, but, um, you know, those might be a day or two at most a week. And, you know, it's usually all of us going, you know what, we kind of need these back on. (laughs) You know, what's funny is that Arden doesn't want to take hers off because I think she sees that as having to test her blood sugar more and, you know, and that kind of thing. And let me, so let me ask you, you're in a unique position to answer an interesting question in my opinion. So Mm -hmm. you have a child who does MDI, a child who has a pump and they both have a glucose monitor. Mm -hmm. Is the child is one of them. I don't want to use like, like words that make people upset, but to get the point across is one of them have more stable blood sugars. Are they under better control than the other? Is it easier 
yes. with one than the other, et cetera. Please tell me yes, how. Yes, 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 yes. No, absolutely it is. Um, the one on the pump. <laughs> yeah, because you can make small adjustments, right? We make a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, Dr. Ponder's book, Sugar Surfing, um, my team started doing that without even knowing what it was while he had the pump. I mean, it, it was just an automatic, natural thing to do. Hey, look, my blood sugar is going up a little bit. I'm going to give a little bit here. You know, I'm going to adjust this. Um, he does a lot of his own adjustments with my, my backing. Um, you know, his last day once he was 6.2. So I think he's doing pretty good. He's doing excellent, especially um, for a teenager. That's really, really good. Only diagnosed a year and a half yet. Yeah, I'm like, wow. you go. <laughs> yeah, he, he seems to understand. I gave Arden, while you and I were talking in the last half an hour, I told Arden to bolus like like a quarter of a unit just to try to move a 120 closer to 100 for for lunch an hour from now. You know, like yeah. just to try to – I try to steal points off that blood sugar wherever I can, honestly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, his goal, he, he wants it to be, you know, below 5.7 or 5.5. Um, it's funny, though, because our last endo appointment, our, our endo has kind of a different idea on it. <laughs> so – we're going to be having that conversation. Do at you our next think appointment. I'm interested in your opinion, why your endo thinks that, because I think that a lot of endos don't understand how people are now utilizing the technology. And they imagine if your blood, if your A1C is that low, you must be experiencing significant lows. I, I think, well, I think that definitely is her concern because our last time she wanted to bump all of his ratios up and, um, you know, I wasn't even thinking and so, okay. And when we came home, you know, Pierce immediately Put bumped them all, them all back, back down. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, why did we listen to that lady? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's like, I'm running too high. I don't like this. But everybody <laughs> I talk to, you know, I get, you guys are great that listen to the podcast. I'm not talking to Mindy now, although I think Mindy does listen to the podcast. But uh, oh, every, yeah. everyone's great because everybody sends me feedback and they're like, hey, I did this and this is working. I, you know, I got more bold with insulin and this has happened to our A1C. But then almost this, in everyone's second paragraph, their note says, I was so excited to go to my endocrinologist until they were like, no, stop doing what you're doing. And <laughs> it's like, well, why would I stop? Look at how stable my blood sugar is. Look at how good, you know, my A1C is lower. And they just all assume that the standard deviation is off and that you're, you're, it's a false reading on the A1C. Your blood sugar is just, it's got to be 50 for hours. And that's how you're getting that number. And it really is fascinating that the people giving out the advice don't have enough real world time with these devices to know how valuable they are. Like I, I think, you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. The Dexcom's not a like, don't die while you're sleeping alarm. It, if you're using it like that, you are significantly underutilizing its, oh, its yeah. power, right? Oh, definitely. And the same with your pump. You know, you know, everyone tells you, hey, Mindy, real quick, nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered <laughs> advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before changing, blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, and when you see, when you see the, um, you know, when you see a blood sugar that's 140, you're conditioned to think you're winning some sort of a game. Like 140, woo! You, oh, yeah. you know, I see 140 and I'm like, in 60 points, that'll be 80. Mm -hmm. you, you, you know, and if, my, if your kid's comfortable at 85 or 90 or 105, whatever is a good spot for them, like, why are you taking 140 of a pump? Just push the button a couple more times. Well, and it's interesting with both boys on the Dexcoms now, the, the way that we operate with Martin is different since Pierce has gotten the pump. I, I am much more comfortable watching his Dexcom stay at 90 or 80 until it starts dropping. And then I'm like, how long can I wait on this? <laughs> oh, <laughs> please. Know? I'm going to, I don't want to use up your maybe this is where we tell this story. It's hard to tie this great story that I have to tell somewhere. Um, but you want to do it here? Sure. Let's do, all right, let's do it here. So Friday night, after what seemed like a year of waiting, I was able to take my wife to uh, a concert that she wanted to go to for her birthday. So we, I must have bought her tickets to Adele in, gosh, late last year, October, November last year. Oh. And finally the concert comes up. It's Friday night. Everything's great. We're going to go. One of the things my wife wanted to do, Kelly's like, you know, let's take the kids. And I was like, okay, so all four of us are going. And now Mindy, well, I have a 16 year old son, a 12 year old daughter. Um, they're really active kids. So sometimes downtime's really 
important to them. So, you know, a couple days before we go to the concert, my son says, I don't want to go to this concert. And I said, Cole, you like Adele. And he's like, he's making faces. And I was like, shut up. You're going to go. It'll be fine. You'll like it. And, you know, the day before the concert, Arden's like, I don't want to go to this. She, and it's not that they don't want to go. It's like they don't want to go anywhere. I, I've raised really weird children. Oh, you, no. I have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just say no to everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, again, my parenting style, I told her to shut up. We're going to go. It'll be fine. And then I got them together on Friday afternoon before my wife got home. And I was like, everybody smiles. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I said, you better have a good time. If you're not having a good time, you better turn your back to mom before you make a face. Like, you know, and, you know, kind of that. Sure. Anyway, we get everything packed up. We're going to go down into Philadelphia. I live in a very weird situation. I'm literally halfway to Philadelphia or New York. I could have gone either way to see the concert. But we decided Philly. And... um you know, we're packing, you know, stuff up and, and it was kind of one of those things you had to leave in the afternoon. So nobody was real like hungry for dinner. So we sort of just left. We had all these diabetes supplies and everything. And I thought to myself, I'm going to bring insulin, extra pumps, syringes, you know, it's, we're far enough away if something gets wonky, but it's only a two hour concert. So what could happen? And I left the stuff in the car not even 100% sure, like, could I go back out to my car and then get back in if I needed to? I just thought, you know, honestly, Mindy, what I thought was, my daughter wears an insulin pump 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. Nothing ever goes wrong, ever. <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> so well, Murphy's Law. <laughs> oh, so it's 7.30. The, the concert starts at 8 o'clock. We're at our seats. My wife's like, I am kind of hungry, but I don't want to eat anything big. And Arden's like, just grab some soft pretzels and like some diet soda. So my son and I go out, we get in the line, 20 of eight. I say to my wife, hey, pre-bolus, I said, why don't you throw a couple units in here now? Because her blood sugar had been kind of a little sticky in the afternoon. It took me a while to get her from 160 to where she was at 120. So I said, go ahead and give her two and crank up her basil. And she did that. The line goes so slow. And I don't get back in till like five after eight. Luckily, the concert hadn't started. And so, but at five of eight, I saw the light at the end of the tunnel for the, you know, for the line. And I, I texted back to my wife and I was like, Hey, bolus more. And I was super aggressive because I knew Arden was going to just like inhale this giant soft pretzel that probably had more carbs in it than I could imagine. So I was really, really aggressive and it worked. She's eating the, she's eating the pretzel. Everything's good. It works so well that her blood sugar kind of went to 60 on her Dexcom and got real stable and sat there. Oh, wow. So I, I looked at her and I, knowing this pretzel is going to start affecting her at some point, I said, do right. you feel okay? Now we're during, it's the concert's happening now. It's 20, it's 830, Adele's singing, you know, people are dancing everywhere. Um, and I looked at her, I'm like, you feel okay? She goes, I feel fine. I'm like, you don't feel low at all, right? And she goes, no. I said, well, your blood sugar's 60. I said, we're going to leave it there. Do me a favor though. Cancel that temp basil just in case you're not going to drift up. I don't want you to go any lower. Plus she had this popcorn she wanted to eat. And I thought, so cancel the temp basil. So she pulls the PDM out. And I want to remind people that uh, Omnipod sponsors this podcast. They do not censor me in any way. And they are really good people. She pulls the PDM out. She pushes the home button. The screen goes white and says PDM error and stops working. Oh, no, 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 no. And I was like, no, wait, what? Huh? No. And she holds it up. And I'm telling this story because there was panic in her eyes. And I looked at her and I said, hey, that's not a problem. I was like, your blood sugar is 60. The concert's only going to be 90 more minutes. I said, I bet you it's not. this is going to be fine. Don't mm-hmm. even worry about it. Just stick it back in your bag and zip your bag up. It's fine. Now, what I was thinking, Mindy, was mother. Just are you see, now? Like like now? Right now? How could it be now? This has never happened to us before. My daughter's been using an Omnipod since she was five. She's twelve. This has never happened. How could it happen now? As I'm walking into the concert, thinking to myself, how could anything go wrong in these two hours? How could that happen? But there it was happening, Mindy. And I'm like, okay. So my first thought was, I can be panicked inside. Don't panic her because if she gets nervous, her blood sugar is going to shoot up. So I'm just like, this is cool. Actually, this is fine. I was going to probably turn your basil off anyway. I'm now lying to my daughter. I was going to shut it off anyway. This is great. Don't worry about it. She goes, but I'm still a little hungry. I want to have my popcorn later. And I was like, oh, you'll be able to have your popcorn. Don't worry about it. 
Now I'm watching Adele. Everyone is holding up their cell phones, taking video of Adele. I've got mine down by my hip watching the Dexcom like a lunatic. Right. (laughs) But to your point of what you said earlier and what made me think of the story is her blood sugar just hung 60, 63, 65. You feel okay, Arden? I feel great. Great. 65, 68, 70. I'm like, you know what? This is like, we're going to, we're going to get out of this, you know? Mm -hmm. And part of me thought when the concert, you know, the first thing I did was I got on line. I went to a, 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 a Facebook group because I couldn't remember. And I asked people, Hey, PDM or is she still getting her basal rate? And she was, I'm like, this is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. We're probably just going to like call and they're going to tell us what to do and it'll just fix. So maybe there's a half an hour left in the concert. And she looks at me real desperately and she's like, I am really hungry. I want some of this popcorn. And I was like, ah, oh, that's fine. Cause she's little, she's not going to eat very much of it. I was like, go ahead and eat that. Uh-huh. She, she has a couple of handfuls of popcorn and then it's diagonal up, and then it's straight oh. up, and then it's two up, and then I was like, "Oh, that popcorn! That was the that was the straw that broke the camel's back right there." Right. And so now her blood sugar is just flying up. It's you know it, every five minutes it's going from like you know eighty to ninety five to one hundred and three, and I was just uh. like, "Oh, son of a bitch!" And mm-hmm. so she only gets the one eighty, and it levels out. And again, I'm feeling pretty lucky, and yeah. and I was like, "It's gonna be fine." Concert's over. We're going to go out. We'll do an injection. It'll be fine. So we do. We go out to the car. We inject some insulin. She is not thrilled with that. Arden is not a fan of getting needles. And um, I, But now the PDM doesn't work. I don't have a meter. So now I'm just leaning on the Dexcom. And so she says, well, how much, you know, how are you going to know how much to do? I'm like, I'm just going to, you know. I, so I start eyeballing it in my head. I'm like, oh, she hasn't had basil for half an hour. You know, this is what her blood sugar is. And I just randomly like shot some insulin into her pretty randomly. And Mm -hmm. I called customer support. It was like quarter of 11 while we were driving home through concert traffic. And in five minutes, we were done. They said, we will ship you out another one right away. You know, we're really sorry, blah, blah, blah. You know, all the stuff that customer support would say. But my point was Friday night, 11 o'clock. And it was done. It was taken care of. We tried to reset the PDM. It did not work. It was fried. It was done. Oh. And, and so we, yeah, it's real funny. And so now we're driving home and everybody's like, but Arden has two softball games tomorrow. And tomorrow night she's going to go into Manhattan oh. to have dinner with her friends. And then Sunday she's got a softball game. And I have to admit, Mindy, I was like, I don't think in my mind, I thought she can't do that stuff. I don't know how to accomplish all that anymore. Right, With, but you do it anyway. Well, I will. I'll figure it out. But also, like, we don't have slow-acting insulin. Like, I know yeah. you're supposed to keep some around the house, but that's stupid. I haven't had a problem in seven years on a pump. And then I'm like, oh, my buddy's a pediatrician. He would probably call some in for me. Like, you know, like, I'm doing all this in my head. And we get home. We're standing there. We have all these old PDMs. I'm pulling them all out. Not one of them will connect with the new pods. Uh-huh. And it's now it's midnight. And I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then it hit me. My son has a friend who has type 1, and he uses Omnipod. And he uses Omnipod because his mom called me years ago and said, what insulin pump should I look at? Mm-hmm. And I told her I would look at this one. And they have happily been using Omnipod for years. So he texted his buddy, and he's like, do you happen to have a PDM? And he goes, I only have the old one. And I was like, oh, we have an old one. They won't connect to the new pods. And the kid goes, we also have a box of the old pods. Oh, no way. I was like, get out of here. Seriously? (laughs) And so five minutes later, we're at his front door in the middle of the night. He hands us. He's And he's such a nice kid. He's 16. He's like, I already put batteries in. I set the time for you. And I was like, wow, look at the community. It exists everywhere. Oh, absolutely. You know? And I was like, this is just wonderful. Arden put that pod on Friday night at midnight. She just took it off last night. Our new PDM arrived. We put her, her stuff right back on her again. And I was just like... When it was over, Mindy, what I thought was, if this would have happened to me years ago, I might have just cried. Like, I might have just stood in the Adele concert and cried, yeah. you, you know? And, <laughs> and, and instead, with this experience and this time and these, these situations happening, I just, I don't know. Like, I didn't panic. And when yeah. I look back on that, that moment, not panicking was really the only thing I had to do. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and, and like, so I thought I do want to tell people the story because, you know, when you're new, when you're newly diagnosed, 
everything that goes wrong uh, seems like such a disaster, you know? Oh, it's huge. Right. And everything that's lur- lurking in front of you. You know, Martin had his ninth birthday three weeks after diagnosis. And I, I was just... Birthday cake. Yeah, birthday cake. I mean, at, you know, party, ice cream, kids. Um, you get diagnosed this month. What do I do about Halloween? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know? and the real secret to all of it is, is just don't panic and don't worry about it and just do what you're going to do and it's going to be okay. And it is. Yeah. And it is. I mean, even, even when it doesn't seem like it is, it is. I, I know that sounds kind of weird, but we've gotten to the point where we used to look at numbers and anything that was below, you know, because their range is 80 to 150 from the endo. And I used to look at 80 and get kind of worried, get that sort of gut feeling of like, oh dear, you know? Right. <laughs> And because 80 and falling might be an issue, but 80 and stable is, I mean, my blood sugar is probably 80 right now. Like, I haven't eaten anything yet today. I bet you that's what my blood sugar is. You know? You know? Yeah. And we've seen, I mean, the lowest I think we've had is a a 39 with Martin. And um, he was shaky. And, but it was, it wasn't, my husband and I talk about it a lot. There's a difference in and what's going on with the number. If it's a 39 and you give some juice and they're fine in 15 minutes coming up, there's, there's no necessary panic anymore. I'm not looking at it like, oh my gosh, you know, he's going to die. Um, <laughs> whereas if I have a double arrow down and we've already done like three juices. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's that different. Not changing, I'm like, hmm, that's a little bit more worrisome here. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and you listen, to your point, I, my daughter's blood sugar has been 30. I've, I, I've, prior to all the technology, I've personally given my daughter insulin twice that has made her have a seizure. Like, mm-hmm. that's just been too much. And even that, we took care of. Yeah. You, you know, and, yeah. and don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you you want to ever experience that. What yeah. I'm saying is we have twice. And the first time afterwards, we went to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. And when we left the emergency room, my wife looks at me and goes, we did not have to go to the hospital. And I was like, yeah. I know. I was like, yeah, I figured that out too. So when it happened the next time, we just stayed home. We put her back <laughs> to bed. We were like, all right, everything, I guess she's fine now. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, now with the technology, obviously you don't get in such dire situations, yeah. maybe once in a great while. But to your point, even like, you know, 50 is 50 is a low blood sugar. I don't want my daughter's let's be no. clear to everybody. My ba- my best understanding of having a blood sugar that's too low is it does cause harm to your brain if it stays yeah. like that for a long time. You do not want to have a low blood sugar like that. But 75 is not a low blood sugar that hurts you. Nope. Yeah, it doesn't. And, right. And if you're a person who's comfortable at a 75 blood sugar, well then that's how you get your A1C, A1C and, down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And especially <laughs> You know, especially overnight, you know, taking advantage of eight and 10 hours of time where no one's eating. If you can find a stable number at 90 or 85, when you're oh, wondering beautiful. how, yeah, oh my God, it's like <laughs> the most exciting thing, Mindy. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. You're like, this is great. And look, sometimes it's the Dex isn't, none of the technology is perfect. You know, you, no. 90 might be 70. You got to test, you know, you got to, you got to figure out what you're doing. Got to um, double check. That's the only thing with my teen. Um, he likes to rely on the Dexcom way more than checking blood sugars. <laughs> yeah. And listen, I, I'm going to tell you, I rely on it very heavily, but I still, I have that sounds so ridiculous to say, but I've now said it enough that people are like, I know what you mean. I trust it when I trust it. Mm-hmm. And when I don't trust it, I check on it. And exactly. that actually seems to work out pretty well. You, you know, so um, I don't know. I just think that, I think that not being afraid it was just, you know, a couple of years ago, I kind of got on this kick on my blog be- way before this podcast of saying to people, like, you can't be afraid, like fear, don't be, the fear is what ruins it, you know? Um, and then it turned into kind of be bolder and, and that kind of thing and trust your gut a little bit and that thing. But the fear throws everything into turmoil. You, mm-hmm. you, you can't be, you have to find a way not to be afraid. And, yeah, you, and it, you have to find a way to just get through it. I mean, it's, it's not... The fear is going to keep you from doing life, having fun, you know, and yeah, forget your A1C fear is going to fear is going to turn you into one of those people who sees a 240 blood sugar and goes, oh, it's not 300 or sees a 180 and goes, oh, at least it's not 220, you you know, Mm -hmm. like, like, and then later say, I don't understand, like my A1C is nine, I'm doing everything I can. 
And that's why I say on here all the time, if you can keep a blood sugar stable at 150 or 180 or 220 or wherever you can keep it stable, you can keep it stable at 80. Mm-hmm. There's Absolutely. no difference really other than your fear. And it's a fear of a number. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. It's, it's a fear of what, you know, you're fearing a number and that number can cause complications down the road. Yes. You and then you'll, then you'll be, <laughs> then you'll have a real good reason to be afraid. Well, and what, I mean, gosh, the time period that we are living in right now with diabetes technology is just amazing. It's the best so far. I, you know. <laughs> no, it really is. And it gets better. And it gets better. And yeah, it, it just, I don't know. If you can afford, and listen, not everybody can afford it. People might be listening right now and being like, go to hell, man. I can't afford it. I would love it. But, yeah. but if you can afford it or if you have the right insurance or whatever it ends up being, look, I mean, I would look into it, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I would say this too. And I probably, you know, it is technology. It can stop working. You know, oh, sure. it, it doesn't make it. great until it doesn't work. Right, right. <laughs> like even when the, guy, when the guy on the phone from Omnipod was like, you know, the, the customer service guy's like, we're really sorry. I'm like, dude, don't be sorry. Yeah. I said, you know, I mean, honestly, uh, five years old, six years old, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. My daughter's been using this for eight years. What is that? 24,000 days? I don't know how bad my math is, but one time... Like, please, yeah. I wish my car was that reliable. I oh, wish exactly. You know, my television, anything, my computer, uh, definitely not my cell phone. Like, so things happen, technology breaks, and it's easy to say it always breaks at the worst time. But what I've learned <laughs> but is any time is going to be the worst time. <laughs> that's what I've learned is that no matter when it doesn't work, it's the worst time. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I the think- Adele concert's extra worse. I don't know, but. Um, I actually told my wife last night, I didn't tell her right away because I just didn't, I didn't want to oh, no. ruin it for, for her. Yeah. yeah. It was her gift and everything. And she's over there and she's singing and she's got this big smile on her face. And I was just like, I am not telling her this, you, you know, like I didn't want her to think about it because I was, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Like it, it, it was in the front of my mind after it happened, sure. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I know with my husband and I, we, um, we, we tend to take turns. Uh, we have two with two, <laughs> and and I work outside of the house. He um he stays home, um so you know a lot of the uh he, he since he's disabled he can't do the stairs so I sleep but he'll wake me up. <laughs> that makes sense. I don't I don't hear the alarms. Um I can sleep through five alarms going off. So. Yeah yeah I'm pretty sure I know how Arden's blood sugar got high last night. So yeah uh, yeah nobody was hearing anything. Yeah, you don't hear it, and uh, and you know, so he he tends to stay awake, and we give each other breaks. Um, you know, when I'm at work, I don't always look at my share. There's nothing I can do for anybody at work, so you know. Well, how about with your older one? Will you bug him about his blood sugar? I mean, not bug him, but like if he's sitting at 150 and nothing's happening, will you text him and say, "Hey, what's going on?" Or I, I do. I um I will mention it to him. I try. <laughs> he, he says I nag too much as it is. Um, cause I'm a mom. <laughs> um, I love it though. When we go to the endo appointment and he goes, look, mom, she didn't say anything about how I'm not testing enough. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and my A1C is good. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. First of all, he's right. And second of all, th- they tell everybody they're doing good. You can tell them that too. It's <laughs> oh, yeah. part of being positive with people. <laughs> well, and I, I did read, um, you know, teens with diabetes, the, the book by, um, Moira. Moira. Yeah. And I, I read that after Pierce was diagnosed because I'm like, <laughs> here we go. Um, you know, I thought I had a few years with Martin before we were dealing You're with You're going to get to this part. Yeah. You got to fast forward. Yeah. Yeah. You know, driving, um, going off to college, all of those kinds of things are, you know, already right there. So it, it's sped all of those, those preparations up a bit. I actually was talking to her the other day and I said, how have I done this podcast for almost 80 episodes and I haven't asked you to do it yet. Oh, you should definitely have her on. Yeah, that should, would be wonderful. Yeah. And so we, and, and we said we will. And, but I think what happened was, is that when I started it, I had this very, like I had a mandate in my head. Like I was going to try to get companies and technology talk that I was hoping mm-hmm. for. But when I spoke to people, I really wanted to just talk to people who didn't have a blog, who didn't have a voice. Like, like that's who I was looking for. Like not Mm -hmm. people who can sit down and espouse whenever they want. And, you know, sometimes hundreds or tens or thousands of people say it, you you know? So I was like, I tried so hard to stick with it and I like, I'm enjoying it so much that 
I just, it, it never, I mean, I have, I have a, you know, obviously a, a pretty close handful of friends who all have really great diabetes blogs, but you've already heard them interviewed mm-hmm. somewhere, you know, like, so. Oh, I'm sure. Trying yeah, Moira's to- been at the JDRF conferences. Um, she did a, a really wonderful uh, session on burnout. Um, and that was, that was right after Pierce had been diagnosed and it was exactly what I needed to hear. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I'll get to those people, but like, I would rather like, not rather, but I'm enjoying talking to you and, <laughs> you know, random people. And, you know, uh, I'm going to put up a podcast, I think tonight with, you know, a guy who played like college and professional football. And then in the next breath, I have one with an 18 year old girl who's been at college for like a week. And she emailed me and she was like, can I be on the podcast? She goes, because this is scarier than I thought it was going to be. And oh, I was wow. like, yeah, sure. So we, t- I talked to her and like, it just, I like it like that, you know? Oh yeah. I love, I love the variety of your show. Oh, thank you. I definitely do. <laughs> oh, I appreciate this. Thank you so much. Yeah. I don't have a lot of time to myself, so um, I usually listen to you on my way to work. <laughs> oh, I, that's nice to know. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah. Listen, I listen to my podcast while I'm cleaning. Not my podcast. By the way, I don't listen to my podcast while I'm cleaning. I listen to my the podcast the that, that I like. listen to um, while I'm cleaning. I just, it, you're in the grocery store or something like that. And, you know, just those moments where you're just like, oh, I yeah. don't, don't want to hear the music in the, in the grocery store. So <laughs> I'll do yeah. this. Uh, but I, I, you know, God, we're right on an hour. I did, I, I, I don't want to say I screwed you over, but I did tell a pretty long story in the middle, so I apologize oh, no, that, for that. No, that was wonderful. Yeah, but it just it, it just really needs to be because my wife even said to me, she's like, "It's a," I, I said, "I'm going to tell that story in the podcast." She's like, "She's like, doesn't Omnipod sponsor the podcast?" And I was like, "Hey, she goes, you really think they're going to want you to tell a story about how their PDM broke?" And I was like, "You know what?" I was like, "If people don't understand that this stuff isn't you know bulletproof." It's not. Yeah. It's not, then, a, it's not 100%. Nothing in life is. Right, right. And I was like, I said, I think everyone understands those things. I said, you know, this very easily could have been a story about my mini med breaking, my animus pinning breaking, mm-hmm. my T slim breaking. You know, that's not that's not the point of the The point is that we got thrown into a very. The, the point is the, uh, the diabetes guy in the corner decided to get up and move towards you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And how cool. And it's funny, too, the next day. Uh, I texted with the the mother of the kid who lent us the stuff because she was obviously asleep when we were texting this kid. You know, had he not been 16, he wouldn't have been awake either. Right. And uh, and I said, hey, you know, I saw your son last night. She goes, oh, he told me. Um, and I said, he just was a really great kid, and I really appreciate it and everything. And she goes, no. She's like, I'm just happy. She goes, you know, it's funny. Now I think back, there was no reason for me to keep those pods. And she's like, I just don't know why I did. And she's like, we should have used them up or given them away to somebody or something. But she's like, I just had this thought, like, well, maybe I'll need these one day. And mm-hmm. I and I and she's like, you know, now thinking back, it was like, God, it had to have been years ago, you know, maybe two years ago already. And she's like, now I know why I kept them because you were going to need them. And I said, you really did bail us out because that is the other side of it, mm-hmm. is that Arden got up in the morning, she went to her softball games, she came home, took a shower, got in a car with a family who's not diabetes savvy drove into Manhattan for a dinner with her friend and her girlfriends. I don't know how I could have put her in a car with people and sent her to Manhattan because I'm going to tell you something right now. My daughter does not give herself injections. She's never had to. And I don't know that, you know, last weekend was going to be the time I taught her how to do it. Right. You, You know, I'm sure she'll end up having to do it at some point in her life, but she gets a needle twice a year Mm-hmm. And she's sort of like, hey, could you do this for me? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You know, but I, we couldn't have done it. You know, it just wouldn't mm-hmm. have worked out. So it just all ended up being fine. And I just wanted to tell everybody, like, don't panic. Just keep oh, your, yeah. keep your well, head you know, about we, it. We were, at, um, <laughs> we were at our friends for dinner recently, um, which is, you know, 20 minutes from our house. Um, I had gone directly from work. My husband had met me over there with the kids. And, uh, and we're having dinner. And, of course, we're having spaghetti. <laughs> yes. It, was there garlic yeah. bread too? Garlic bread, there spaghetti, you, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. <laughs> All the good carbs. All the good the, carbs. Yeah, and um, this house, typically when my kids are over there, for some reason, their blood sugars will, they, they drop. So we don't carb count the way that we typically carb count. We, Interesting. Yeah. We leave things off because um, they, they do tend to drop. So we, we, it's a lot more of a balancing act. But we realized when we got, when I got there and we're up at dinner table, we're sitting down and, um, and calling the kids up, they're supposed to wash their hands. And Martin comes up and he goes, I forgot my insulin. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll be fine. Don't worry. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking at, okay, gosh, it's spaghetti and garlic bread and you don't have any insulin. 
<laughs> and, and then I look at Pierce and I'm like, did you bring your backup pen with the insulin in it? Yeah, of course I did. Done. Okay, good. Nice. <laughs> Here, yeah. And isn't it funny, in a year and a half, you went from, hey, does anyone randomly have insulin? I can stick into my son. But a year and a half before, when, when your older son was diagnosed, you were, you were concerned about giving him insulin. You knew what to do. It's, yeah. just, it's funny. I think that's, see, that's a great example for people. Like Something that today you are out of your mind scared of is something that tomorrow you'll just be like, oh, what was I thinking? You know, oh, like yeah. being, being worried about that. You yeah, know? We, we look at the silver lining with having two as being um, if somebody forgets something and they are boys and one's a teenager, <laughs> you know. Well, you, um, God. We, we have backup. Yeah, yeah, right. You've got <laughs> stuff everywhere. We it, do. It just made me think of Victor Garber when I interviewed him and he talked about how he resisted an insulin pump for so long. He found Omnipod, he tried it, and then he said, I put the first one on and I thought, what was I waiting for? Mm-hmm. Like, what was I, where was I worried about? This is, and he's just like so many other things in life. Like, you worry about things and they just, the worry. Yeah, the worry is not necessary. Martin is um, actually interested in getting an Omnipod, so we're in process with it. Oh, cool. Oh, that's great. Um, please use the link in the show notes uh, <laughs> to get a demo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I have to say, Pierce does not have an Omnipod. He went with uh, T-Slim. T-Slim. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I think it's all, I think you have to get the insulin pump that, that makes sense to you. you oh, you know, yeah. You really do. Well, and with Martin, you know, no tags and shirts and seams and socks are uncomfortable. So he's not looking for a tube running down his side or something. Not like at that. all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. My my older son's not a big fan of uh, that, you know, like the tactile things. And it's mm-hmm. funny. I feel myself on the other side of it. Like when we go shopping, like anywhere, if I walk through a store, you know, it, it took my wife a little while to see it. And my, my daughter saw it right away. Arden was like right away when she was little. She's like, you touch everything. And I was like, don't you want to see what everything feels like? And she's like, no. And I was like, I do. Like when I see fabric, like I touch it. Like, you oh, know, yeah, when I see anything. Yeah, yeah. Touch. Like I touch. I love that. And I don't have a problem when things touch me. Although when I get out of a pool, I need to dry off and get changed right away. I'm not a big fan of standing around in a wet bathing. I can do it on the beach, though, so that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but, it doesn't. Stand. Thank you. But my son <laughs> my son is one of those kids, like, in certain moods, like, if, even if you just reach out and put your hand on his shoulder, he's sort of like, hey, why are you going to be touching me? Uh-huh. You, you know, but other times he comes home from school and he'll hug you for 20 minutes. So it's everyone's got something like, you know what I mean? Like a little different, but it's oh, cool. Sure. It's cool that there's an insulin pump option out there for somebody who doesn't want to feel a tube touching them. Well, and he, you know, he's comfortable with the Dexcom and the Omnipod is, is Seems a, similar, similar. I mean, so it's not, yeah. yeah. You know what? <laughs> even, you know, they made them so much smaller than they were in the first generation, but obviously when Arden had to use one from a, from this person the other day, it was a, the, the last generation. It was bigger. And she put it on and she goes, oh, it feels like a brick. It feels so heavy. And then when I took it off last night, I said, did this bother you the whole time? She goes, I never thought about it after I put it on. She goes, it didn't feel heavy at all. Yeah. And, and, and now it's so much smaller than it was, you know. So hopefully he'll, uh, he'll have a good experience with well, it. Well, we, we both got the demo pod and put them on. Did uh, you? Yeah, I wore one when he wore one. We wore it for three days. Cool. <laughs> cool. That's really nice. That's excellent. Did he, yeah. uh, he must have liked that. He did. He thought it was great. And I wore it to work, which was interesting. Um, the comments that I got, what is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Would you put it on your arm? Oh, yeah. yeah. Had it visible. I nice. figured if he's going to be wearing it right out there, I can wear it right you out there, it. too. Very good for you. That's excellent. Well, listen, the Omnipod, you're not even getting a, an ad this week. You just, this is it. The whole damn show's an ad for you. So. There you go. <laughs> People love it. Um, Mindy, we're well over an hour, and so I'm going to let you go. And okay. uh, But thank you very much for doing this. It was a different insight than we've had so far, um, and you let me make fun of all the different illnesses in your life, which I thought was very kind of you. Oh, we make fun of it, too. You have to have humor. <laughs> well, yeah, that's pretty much the biggest secret, I think. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, cool. All right, I don't know when this will be on, but uh, I will definitely let you know before it, before it comes out so you can check it out. Great. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Good luck to everybody. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Huge thank you to Omnipod for sponsoring the podcast and to Dexcom, our new sponsor. Thank you so much. To find out more about Dexcom, go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. And if you'd like to get yourself a free, no obligation demo Omnipod, go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. You see the pattern. Everything's forward slash juice box. 
myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox and dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. You're supporting the podcast when you click on those links or type those into your browser. We'll see you next week.